Palm Sunday, we celebrate. We're, uh, when I was a boy, uh, a few times uh, we'd go to church. Uh, I, I, Palm Sunday was a, was a bright spot for me uh, before my parents stopped going to church. I, it was bright for me because I remember the palm branches and being able to hit people over the head with it. It was, it was a wonderful day as a four-year-old or a five-year-old. Uh, the celebration of the king coming, you know, uh, wow, the king is finally here, right? But, but how do we know that's true? How do we know Jesus is a king? How do we know he is a Lord? How do we know he's the boss? How do we know he's coming back? How, how do we know all his promises are going to come true? Well, uh, this time of year, of course, we talk about resurrection, right? Uh, resurrection is the reason why we know that Jesus is the king. Resurrection is why we know that he's the Lord of lords, and that he is going to rule this world. And so today, we start talking about resurrection. Uh, maybe the kids are going to sing a song a little bit about Palm Sunday, but man, resurrection. It's one of these incredible doctrines, one of the core doctrines of our faith, one of the central truths of our faith that we build our belief upon. And so we've got to talk about it. Non-Christians probably, I don't know, there's, there's probably a number of doctrines they find difficult to understand or grasp or, or take hold of. But resurrection is one, one that uh, the world really struggles with, right? Don't you know that people don't rise from the dead? Don't you know that someone can't come back to life? You know, you, maybe you've heard it. My, some of my relatives have said that to me before. Don't you know, <laughs> right? Resurrection. It's, it's incredibly difficult. Why did the, you know, why do we have a, a New Testament? It's because of the resurrection. Why do we have a church? Man, if, if we didn't have resurrection, we wouldn't have church, right? Why did the early believers, why did the first followers of Jesus, why did they believe in resurrection, right? Why should we believe in resurrection, now, the short answer, it, it's, it's the, the best expl explanation of what happened. Right? It's, it's the evidence follows the, the, the truth. The truth follows the evidence. Uh, today, I'm going to do something a little bit different, a little bit uh, maybe uh, unorthodox, but we're going to run through some of the uh, non-Christian arguments against resurrection. I want to show you some of the, the, the most important the, through the centuries. Now, non-Christians have had centuries to come up with uh, reasons, uh, uh, hypotheses to write off the resurrection and say it's something else. And so I'm going to bring to you some of the, the major ones through the centuries and see, and I'm going to show you, show you why that they're not, uh, reach, they don't reach to the level of Jesus' resurrection for the reason for the church, reason for having a New Testament, reason for life, right? Um, I want you to leave here today believing that the, res the resurrection makes sense. We, why should we believe in the resurrection? Well, the, the scriptures tell us your reliable, trustworthy, God-given Bible tells you that resurrection is true. But we should also believe in resurrection because it's the best explanation. It's the best evidence. The, the evidence is there to believe that Jesus is alive, physically, bodily alive, resurrected forevermore. So let's start with the scriptures, if you would. Uh, Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27, uh, I really struggled as I've been reading through the Gospels the last few weeks, and man, there's so much to talk about, so much to dive into, and I, even this morning I was, should I do this scripture or that scripture? Man, it's just, it's, it's, we're so blessed with the, the, the word of God that we have. Um, well, Matthew chapter 27, verse 57, if, if you'll turn there with me, please. 
<clears throat> and I'm going to pick up at, at the point after Jesus has died. When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. So Jesus died on the cross. Uh, you know, the centurion checked it out. He's dead. Pilate says, okay, he can have the body. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud, laid it in his own new tomb. Uh, another, the other gospels tell us that Joseph was a rich man. He cut out his own tomb out of rock, pretty special spiffy tomb. I don't know why you need a spiffy tomb when you're dead, but whatever. Um, and laid his own new, and when he, he cut it out of rock, and he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were, were there sitting opposite the tomb. And it seems if you read some of the other, other gospel accounts that there was more women that were watching. They were sitting opposite the tomb. They, they knew where it was, uh, where the tomb was. The next day, that, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate. And said, Sir, we remember that the imposter said, while he was still alive, after three days I'll rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people. He is risen from the dead, and the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a, great, you, you have a guard of soldiers. Go, make it as secure as you can. Uh, so they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting the guard. So Roman soldiers were there. Guarding the tomb, sealing the tomb. Uh, professional soldiers. Now, after the Sabbath, towards the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Again, the other Gospels talk about more, maybe five women or more went there with them. Uh, and behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and clothing white as snow. <laughs> and for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay, then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I've told you. In other words, he said, I've done my work. I've finished my, my assignment. Oh. So they departed quickly in the tomb with, with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. They came, they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. And he said, do not be afraid. Go and tell the brothers to, to go to Galilee. There they will see me. And there's a lot going on here. There, there, there's so much packed in here in, in the other Gospels too. It's, it's, you know, so we have the general outline. He died. He was buried. He rose from the dead. Right? We, we have all kinds, of, all, thing, all kinds of things going on. Uh, they took him out, down off the cross. They, they wrapped him in linen shroud. Other Gospels, they, they wrapped them in spices. Uh, it, there, there's a reason for that. Um, and and we, we, you know, the, he's buried. And, and so the Sabbath came. They, they're, waiting, you know, they're waiting for the Sabbath to get over till the first day of the week, till Sunday morning, so they can go, the women go back. Because apparently they think the men didn't do a good job anointing Jesus' body. The, the women say he didn't get the right kind of burial. He didn't get the right kind of wrapping. We're going to do it better. We're going to do it special. Uh, kind of deal. So they go back and they find, what do they find? They find an open tomb. They, they, and more importantly, they find an empty tomb. Okay, that, that, that's a huge historical uh, evidence that, that has been discussed for centuries. Was the tomb empty? You know, what, was there a body? Was there a corpse? Uh, 
And the other, the other big part of that, in, in addition to that, was they saw Jesus. One of many sightings, seeing the Lord Jesus, uh, post-mortem. Uh, seeing him after death, it's like, a, wow, they, they, they saw him again and again. Now, those two, those two, those two things together, they, they add up to something important. But if you just have an empty tomb without Jesus' sightings, uh, he, it's probably not real. If you just have Jesus' sightings without an empty tomb, it's probably not real. But those two things together become powerful. And then the evidence of a church arising after his death. How did that happen? How did that transpire? Something happened. Right? There's a reason that the church exists. If Jesus stayed dead, there's no church. If Jesus stayed dead, there's no New Testament. It's, uh, it's just, but what, what are, the, what are the, the alternative hypotheses that are presented? Uh, through the centuries, critics, cynics, other religions, atheists have said, oh, that's not right. We have a different argument. Now, now as you hear these arguments, realize that they're all ad hoc. Realize that they're all kind of made up uh, in response to this huge amount of testimony and evidence we have in the Bible. Uh, they're all made up in, in response to, uh, with, without evidence. If, if you I, go read any, any, of the, any of the critics, go read any of the scholars through the centuries, there's no evidence to their criticisms. There's nothing that's underlying, there's no proof. It's all like, well, we think, because we know resurrection doesn't happen, this is what we think happened. And it's, it, oh, go, go ahead and read. I, I, I double-dog dare you to go if you, if you want to check this out. So the first one, the, the first one is, is, uh, is really interesting. It, and it's, it's been around for a long time. Well, we don't believe in the resurrection. We don't believe it, it really happened because, you see, Jesus really didn't die. The, 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 this, this has been around for a long time, and some people still believe this. <laughs> That Jesus really didn't die. You remember, uh, and, and so let, let's let's run through some of the some of the rationalizing and logic behind this. The explanation goes: um, when he got up on that cross, and it goes one of two ways. Typically, uh, in the gospel, one of the gospels it says that Jesus was offered uh, wine mixed with myrrh. Myrrh is a sedative; it's a painkiller. That's uh, so, that for some reason the Roman soldiers wanted to offer it. But did Jesus take the wine mixed with myrrh? No, he did not. Okay? But some say, oh, yes, he did. Evidence, no evidence, but yeah, he took the, the, the set of it and knocked him out. He went unconscious. Or because of blood loss, because of dehydration, while he was on the cross, he swooned. He passed out. He went unconscious. And they all thought he was dead, but he wasn't. Once they, laid him, once they wrapped him in the, in the linens and they laid him in the, in the tomb, it was cool. In there and he revived. He didn't resurrect, according to the critics, according to the skeptics. He didn't resurrect, he revived. And somehow he unwrapped all those grave clothes and somehow he moved the stone and he, he and they saw him. And they saw him, you know, the first time it was dark, so they didn't see how messed up he was. Can you imagine how messed up? And, and even though he didn't look like a glorious savior, you know, he didn't look like a Messiah, they decided. He rose, and that's where we're sticking to it. That's the explanation. Well, uh, uh, several, several lines in response to that, and, and again, you can read, you can go deeper than I'm going to give here, just in lieu of time. I, I'm going I'm to talk really fast. <laughs> the, 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 he didn't take the myrrh, right? He, and and, and he, didn't, he wasn't drugged. He, he was offered some wine vinegar at the end of the six hours on the cross. He took a small drink of that to quench his thirst, and, and then soon after, he died. 
Okay, he wasn't sedated, he wasn't drugged, he wasn't anything like that. And, and how could you think he's not dead? You start, you start adding up all the evidence, right? He, he's, he's been beaten beyond recognition for, for now how many beatings did it take? Uh, did, I'm sure he, he must have had a concussion, all the punches to the face, all the slaps, all the things that he went through, right? Um, uh, all the lacerations to his body, all the tearing of his skin by, by, by the whipping, Right? All, all the, the, the punctures of his flesh, starting with the crown of thorn, right? uh, let alone the spikes that went into his hands and in his, in his feet. Remember when, when, they, when they took him out of Jerusalem after he'd been beaten so badly and whipped so badly, he couldn't even carry his own cross. The, the symbolism of the, the Genesis 22 story, Isaac carrying his, his own cross, so to speak, Jesus carrying his own cross, going to, the, to, to, to Golgotha. Uh, he couldn't even do it because he was so weak. H- how long had it been since he'd, he'd drinking by that point? He drank anything by that point. All the blood loss. You know, and then he gets up on the cross and he's hanging there without medical attention with spikes in his body. You know, his, 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 his back opened up for six hours. And he's trying to push up, you know, push up on the cross so he can breathe. That was part of the torture was if you rested... Your lungs couldn't get air in, so you had to push up on the cross. Imagine doing that for six hours. It's just absolute torture. Did he not die? Of course he died. But they say, no, he didn't die. He just, you know, he just passed out. But the problem with that is we have all these witnesses. You can read through the different gospel accounts, all the people who saw him die. Right? When he died, the centurion said, truly, this is the Son of God, right? It was obvious that he, when he said it's finished and he gave up his, his spirit, it, it, was, it was obvious that the, it was a corpse on the cross. Um, but, but all the people left at that point just acknowledging that he was dead and he was gone and he, he didn't have any hope. Um, uh, the, uh, the Roman soldiers, part of the, part of the reason why we don't think he, 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 he just passed out on the cross, that he really died, was the Roman soldiers, of course, um, they're the, exec- the executors, right? And if they mess up, it's their life in place of the, 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 the condemned. So they make sure that he's dead. Remember, remember uh, because, of pas- because of the Passover feast coming up, how, how uh, they went to the, the authorities, hey, can we kill him quicker so we can get done here? So they went around breaking the legs of the, people, the guys on the cross. When they got to Jesus, they didn't break his legs because they broke the legs because if, if they couldn't push up anymore, they would suffocate and they'd die quicker. So when they got to Jesus, they, they said, oh, he's already dead. He, they didn't break his legs, so they, but they tested it. They, another piercing of his, of his flesh, they put a sword into his side and the, the blood and the water came out and cardiologists say that there's, there's a sack there that it's, it's obvious that he's dead if the blood and the water spurt out like that. And so they knew he was dead. They, they didn't have any ifs, ands, or buts. Um, and, and we see it in, in, in the, another account uh, that, uh, of the Gospels uh, when, when, when Joseph of Arimathea went to him and said, hey, can I have the body? And, and Pilate was like shocked. Is he dead already? And they sent a centurion to check. So, that, you know, there's multiple levels of, of validation. He's dead. This is a ridiculous theory that he didn't die on the cross. A, a hypothesis. This is a ridiculous hypothesis. They didn't die on the cross. But it gets, it gets harder to support. Even though there's lots of people today say, oh, Jesus didn't die. He, he just revived. They put their faith in it. But think about it. Joseph takes, and in John's gospel, it says they got 75 pounds of spices and, and, and scents to, to wrap the body. 
Maybe you don't know why that happens, but the Jewish tradition was you wrap them, you wrap them in the grave clothes and, and, and uh, you put spices in there because you're going to reuse the tomb. <laughs> you don't, uh, strangely enough, you don't want it to smell like death in there. Because after a while, after the body decomposes, you, you go in and you get the bones of your loved one. And they had bone boxes, ossuaries, that they'd take the bones of the dead person, their dead loved one, and they, they'd put the bones in a box. Remember a few years ago, there was some, some, some stuff in the news about they found a bone box that said Jesus, right? And, and the, the critics were like, wow, we found Jesus' ossuary. We, we found the bone box. This proves resurrection. And it was like, after a while, the, the archaeologists, no, that's not, that's not who we're talking about here. But the idea was they were going to wrap, and so they, they took 75 pounds of spices, and they wrapped it, and some of this stuff is gummy and sticky, and they wrapped them tight. You're going to hold the, the body, the decomposing body together. You've got to wrap it tight, right? And so imagine Jesus, uh, he's laying there after a few hours, and he wakes up, and, and, and after all he's been through, all the beatings and all the piercings and all the lacerations, all the contusions, all the things that happened to him, he suddenly says, oh, yeah, I'm out of here, like Superman. Good luck with that to unwrap yourself. It just doesn't happen. It's, it's not going to happen, right? And, and imagine Superman gets out of his, if, if he did get out of his wrappings, and then there's this great stone rolled in front of the door, right? Many men moving the stone, and it's in a channel. It usually starts up here, and it goes down into a channel, and here's this one man who's been beaten beyond recognition, who's dehydrated, you know, who's he's been concussed, who's been all kinds of issues happen to his body, and he's going to move the stone? Come on. Everything adds up to say, no, he died. He died. It, it, I, it's, it's unbelievable that somebody would believe this hypothesis of why Jesus didn't resurrect but it's out there, and you can read more about it if you want to. The critics lift up some of these things and say, yeah, we know that he didn't, that he can't have resurrection because you can't have resurrection, so this is probably what happened. That's where they go. Can you imagine, though, like, if, you, if, if this happened, and, and, and you see this, this guy wandering around naked, and he's, you know, his body's pierced, and he's just a total mess, would you fall down before that man and worship him? <laughs> That's not the Messiah. Give the, the people back then credit. They would realize if they saw this, this naked guy wandering around with partial grave clothes on him, that they'd realize, oh, he didn't really die. The logical people back then, they're not just a bunch of superstition, superstitious, emotional people. Uh, <clears throat> so the, the second theory, the se I keep saying theory, the hypothesis that is raised, uh, that, that people use an excuse. Jesus didn't really resurrect. They say, uh, the, the, the second one, and this one gets some traction as well, they went to the wrong tomb. Because who were the first witnesses? Well, those emotional women. You can guess who came up with this hypothesis. The guys. You know, the women were so emotional on the day of Jesus' death. You know, they, they weren't paying attention they, they, when they followed Joseph to his tomb, his new tomb, in the special part of the graveyard, they weren't paying attention. They, they, they were just so out of it, and, and they were just weeping and tears. You know, maybe if there were some men that followed, they'd be more logical and rational kind of deal. 
Uh, you know, just, it's, it's just amazing that this one's still around, our, our, our era of political correctness. But it is. And, and the, the women, uh, on, on early in the morning, first day of the week, Sunday morning, it's still dark, and so in their emotion, they're probably still crying. Right? They're probably still so out of it that, that they go to the wrong tomb. And they go to a tomb that's open. And they go to a tomb that has new grave clothes laying in there. It could happen. It could happen, right? And, and, and you, you see where this goes. They, the, 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 the hypothesis says that Jesus was certainly dead, and he was certainly in a tomb, but they never found it. They, 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 for whatever reason, they, they, he was laid not in, in Joseph's tomb, but with some kind of a, again, this is ad hoc argument. This is like, well, it could happen this way, it could happen this way. He was probably laid in some pauper's grave. He was probably laid in a public cemetery, and they never found him. But he's dead. There's a corpse in there. He rotted away. Nobody went and got his bones. Kind of deal. And you can see some of the obvious uh, issues here. It says even in our text that we read here today, in 27, verse 61, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there sitting opposite the tomb. It's like sometimes we think when, when after the, Jesus died that the, the apostles and the disciples are just running, hiding everywhere, and they they, did, they went behind locked doors. They didn't want to get arrested. But when Joseph, a follower of Jesus in Nicodemus, took the body, uh, the women probably walked right with him. You know, they weren't hiding out like peeking around corners. You know, it wasn't a confusing thing. They watched him lay Jesus, lay Jesus in the tomb. They were sitting across from it. And it wasn't like there was this vast amount of, 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 of territory the cemetery was in a certain place. Even the rich people's tombs were in a certain place. It wasn't over acres and acres and different places. You know, some, some of the mega cities we see today were these massive cemeteries. It's a very localized, regional place, uh, a tight place. <clears throat> but you think about it, and like, you think that if they got there and, and they saw this empty tomb, and, and, uh, and, and hmm, are we in the right place? We've we got to give, again, the, these, these people some credit. They weren't mindless, emotional, you know, non-thinking people. If, if they would have found an empty tomb, are, are, are we sure we were in the right place? And, and of course, the, the biblical account tells about the angels uh, speaking to them and telling them what happened. But it would have been easy, easy to clear this up. Joseph of Arimathea was a member of the Sanhedrin. He was well-known in Jerusalem. He was a wealthy man. Everybody knew Joseph, and because he had a ruling position in the Jewish government, the Romans knew that Joseph took the body, right, down off the cross, that Pilate gave him the body, the corpse. Uh, the Jewish people knew that Joseph had the body. Maybe they wait 30 minutes, and uh, are we in the right place? Let's go ask Joseph. All, all they had to do, all, all the Romans had to do was ask Joseph. All the Jewish people, the government had to do was ask Joseph. All the disciples had to do is ask Joseph, take us to your tomb. We want to make sure it's the right tomb. <laughs> easily, easily cleared up. It, it, go, go into the wrong tomb. Uh, it's, it's wild. And, and, and thinking about some of these issues, thinking about some of these, these realities, um, okay, let, 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 let's, let's just say maybe, just maybe they went to the wrong tomb, and maybe there was some new grave clothes there, but, but the idea is, is crazy. Uh, the fact of the matter is not just the women went to that same tomb. 
the men did too. Okay? If you look at uh, John chapter 20, and, and again, I, man, i got to talk faster. That clock is, is kicking my butt. But uh, <clears throat> on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb, and while it was still dark, saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they've laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, John, the apostle John. They were going towards the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran, and Peter reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, they saw linen cloths lying there, did not go in. But then Simon Peter came following him. He was a little bit slower, maybe a little bit heavier. He needed to do some more laps and training. I don't know. They, they went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there. And in fact, the, the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. The other disciple reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. And, and it's kind of this cool picture of the, the, the bench where they maybe laid the body. There's the grave clothes there. There's, there's the, the head cloth kind of wrapped up, uh, folded nice and neat. Like something happened there. You know, if Superman is ripping off the, 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 the clothes, they're going to be strewn everywhere. But here's this nice, neat, orderly picture. And the John came to believe by seeing the grave clothes, which means what I think of, what many have thought of over the years, was maybe like the grave clothes, they weren't ripped off, they weren't torn off, they were worn and raveled, but maybe there's this empty cocoon of grave clothes that he passed through them, and like the grave clothes are just laying there. John believed uh, from seeing this, but the men went there, they went to the same tomb is the point. They, they, uh, they checked it out. This, to go to the wrong tomb is just a, a horrendous idea. But when you don't have any evidence, you grab at straws. You don't have any evidence. You make up things. Well, it could have been this. It's easier to believe in a resurrection than believe that they went to the wrong tomb. There's just so many lines to show that they could have easily cleared it up. If the, if the Jewish authorities, you know, this rumor starts that he's alive, they say, hey, show us the tomb. If they would have screwed up the, the that got the wrong tomb, the Jewish authorities would have certainly said, open the tomb. <laughs> we'll show you his bones. Right? So let, let's uh, move on to the third one. And, th and this one gets some traction some today too as well. So, you know, there, there's, uh, there, there's these first two. And then the third one is the body was stolen. The body was taken. Uh, the, more, the more negative views of the early church the disciples stole the body and faked the resurrection. It, it, and, and, it go, and it kind of goes like this, like, okay, so this, all, this, all this idea of what we read about in the Gospels, these are revisionist accounts. These are, are people a generation or two later that have, have turned the resurrection stories into legend. They're making stuff up. What really happened is that all the disciples and all the apostles got together and they came up with a scheme. They came up with a plan. We know the Romans are going to kill him. We know the Jews are going to kill him. So beforehand, let, let's, let's put this plan together where after he's killed, we'll, we'll take the body. We'll take it and we'll hide it and we'll say, he's alive just as he said he would be. Right? It's easy. We'll take the body and, and, and it will be done. Well, uh, there, there's, there's obviously a lot of, of issues with that. Um, do you remember reading through Jesus's, uh, the gospel accounts, and whatever gospel you go to, Jesus says again and again, hey, they're going to they're gonna arrest me, they're going to beat me, they're going to spit on me, 
Uh, they're going to kill me, but on the third day I'll rise. Do you remember the disciples' response to those warnings or, the, or those prophecies? They're all like, huh? Every time it's like they were confused. They, they didn't know what to think because the, the Jewish idea of resurrection <laughs> did, not, did not set itself up for that, that belief. They didn't know what he was talking about. Rise from the dead on the third day? They, they had no clue. Because the Jewish idea of resurrection, it, it, was, it was twofold. It always came, the, you know, not all the Jews believed. The Sadducees didn't believe in resurrection. There was other groups that didn't believe in resurrection. like The Pharisees and some other groups did. But the, the Jewish belief in resurrection was, it's going to come at the end of the age. It's going to come at the end of time. And so when Jesus said, hey, I'm going to rise from the dead, they didn't equate that with resurrection. And the, the Jewish idea of resurrection was that it included all the righteous Jews at the end of time. Not just one or two or piecemeal here or there. The Jewish people thought about resurrection like when the Messiah comes and, and when the kingdom comes, all the righteous are going to be raised to life forevermore. And so it didn't add up. It, it didn't make sense to them. And so you start walking down the path and you see what, what happened when he was arrested. They all fled. They, they weren't hoping for resurrection. They weren't, they weren't planning on Jesus coming. Well, they, they arrested him, and they took him, but we know he's going to come back to life. There's none of that in the Gospels. There's, there's no hope. They do run. They do hide. They, they, they've lost their Messiah. And in those days, <laughs> there was Messiahs that would arise. And if your Messiah died, what did you do? You got a different Messiah. Because a dead Messiah is not Messiah. A dead Messiah doesn't make any sense. It would not make any sense. There's no categories for it. They are defeated. They give up. And, and you can tell that because they're going to the grave to wrap the body. Joseph, a disciple, is wrapping the body with Nicodemus. The women are going to go wrap the body again because they, they've accepted death and they accepted that there's no future. So they come up with this scheme uh, to say, yeah, we're, we're going to fake it and we're going to pretend it's just, it's just a horrendous idea in, in, in so many levels. Uh, grave robbers were a real thing back then, but who would go uh, to a crucified man's grave? Is there anything there? No. The Romans wouldn't have any, idea, any, any interest in stealing the body uh, and hiding the body and perpetuating this, this idea that he's alive. The Jewish authorities wouldn't have any reason to steal the body, to perpetuate the idea that Jesus was alive. You see it in the argument for the, asking for the guard at the tomb. Oh, no, yeah, the guard at the tomb. Okay, so sometimes Saturday morning, um, uh, they, they go to Pilate and they say, hey, we need help here. Trouble's coming. Um, we, we think, you know, there, there's some threats here. Can you put a guard at the tomb? And so he puts some soldiers there. And when they get to the, they get to the, the tomb, right, if they would have noticed it was disturbed, they would have looked in. If the stone had already been, when would the disciples steal the body? When would anybody steal the body before the guards? It would have to be that Friday night, that, you know, sometime in the, that short time frame. But do you think that when they stole the body, uh, that they, they took the time to, you know, Put the stone back. There's so many problems with that. They get there and they seal the tomb. It's guarded. There's no other opportunity to steal the body. It's just, it's just not happening. And then you think about the, 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 what we have in the New Testament, the morals, the ethics, the values of these men. Do you think that it all started with a lie? Do you think that, that they lived this lie consistently for 20 or 30 years until they were martyred for their faith? Inconceivable, <laughs> unbelievable. 
that, that these, let's start by faking the resurrection. Let's pretend that, that it's real, and, and we can pretend, and let's all pretend. And, and that's fine until you start suffering for that fake. You start suffering for those lies. I, you know, I, I want to tell you that, that all kinds of people believe in, in unbelievable things. You know, all, there's religions all over the world that believe this and believe that. But who would give their life for a lie? Who would believe something like this and live it out if it's a lie, if it's untruth, if it's fake? It's just inconceivable. And yet still people believe it because there's no other, there's no other route they can take. Uh, the evidence is so strong for an empty tomb and for seeing Jesus that what else are you going to do? You've got to make up things to account for something you don't believe in. I don't believe in resurrection. Well, what are you going to do with it? Well, they stole the body. Do you have any evidence? No. The fourth uh, big idea, the fourth hypothesis, the alternative explanation to the resurrection of Jesus Christ is that they imagined it. They, they hallucinated. They, this one got a lot of traction too, and some people still believe this one as well. Um, you know, they, they so badly wanted Jesus to be alive. They, they so badly wanted him to rise from the dead that they talked themselves into lying to themselves. They talked themselves into unbelief of not resurrection. Uh, the fancy word that you, you can read about in, the, in the, the scholarly books that attack Christianity, cognitive dissonance. Their thinking became so warped that they believed a, dece a deception. They believed what they didn't want to believe. That, that you know, in the, in the culture of the day, there, there were a lot, of, um, a lot of people that did believe in visions, that they did believe in, in uh, dreams of seeing dead relatives kind of deal. Um, and, and it was cultural, but um, when you saw Aunt Helen in your dream, you never thought that you saw her because she was alive. You saw her in a vision or a dream or a vision. They believed in ghosts. They believed in spirits. You saw these people because they were dead. Resurrection was a whole other category, a whole different category. So yeah, there, there were some ideas around that you could see things, but hallucinations who, who gets hallucinations? People who are looking forward to something. People are wanting something to happen. They want it to happen so bad that they imagine it. And again, I can't underline to you enough that they didn't expect Jesus to rise from the dead. The confusion of the gospel accounts is exactly what you'd expect. When, when Peter goes in and looks and like, what's happening? And, and, and the, like, the women are afraid and they're like, what's going on here? The confusion fits the, the scene appropriately. Kind of deal. Uh, and hallucination, they happen to individual, individuals that are really wanting something to happen. There's a wish fulfillment going there, and they see something happen that's not really there. But do groups have hallucinations together? Absolutely not. Man, you, st you start looking at, at some of the evidence here. There, there's, it's, it's just incredible that people believe that they hallucinated not only the empty tomb, but the resurrection of Jesus. The Apostle Paul says it this way, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. He appeared to James, James, his brother, who didn't believe 
that he was the Messiah. He appeared to James, and James became one of the leaders of the church. Okay? He appeared to James. Uh, one, one, of the, one, of the, one of the incredible things, James, we don't know when he converted, but maybe it was because of that. Last of all, to one untimely born, he appeared to me. So different places, different circumstances, different people, individuals and groups, uh, all over the place, different times, you know, over 40 days, he appeared. And not only did he appear, they touched him visually, auditorily, you know, the, the emp empirically, they touched him, they felt him, they heard him. He's alive, kind of deal. And it's just, it's just incredible. But, but again, the psychology is, they, they say, well, psycholo psychology, psychologically, this is what happened. They so badly wanted it to happen. They so badly believed that, that they, they, they believed without any evidence. And they lived the rest of their life believing. And may, maybe what happened is over the course of a generation or two, the oral history, they told the stories enough about believing what they didn't believe, what, what they didn't see, is that by the time the gospel accounts were written, they were written down as legend. They became legendary and mythical, and everybody believed it. <laughs> it's just, it's so silly. So something happened. Why after a few weeks after Jesus' death, that, that the Jewish people, right, the Jewish people that never changed, the Assyrians went away, the Babylonians went away, all these different cultures went away. The, the Jewish people were so consistent through war and attack and hatreds. They kept their faith. But after a few weeks of Jesus' death, there's over 10,000 Jewish people that converted, that believed that Jesus was the Messiah. Something happened. How did these disciples who didn't, who cowered in fear, who were running for their lives, who had given up, who knew Jesus was dead, how did after a few weeks they believed? How did they come on fire for the Lord? How did they start walking and giving and risking their life again, beatings and tortures themselves for a lie? No, people don't believe and suffer for a lie. They saw Jesus. They believed Jesus. The evidence is clear. I, uh, there, there's more to be said today. But believe. You, you have solid reason to believe that Jesus is alive. It's not mythical. It's not legendary. It's not just, just believe in the air. There's, the evidence is there. They, the empty tomb is there. The, the, Jesus' appearances and putting those two together. And, the, and that we're here today. If, we, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, the Apostle Paul says in 1 in, in Corinthians 15, verse 12, man, if Jesus didn't, ri didn't rise, there's, there's no reason. If you don't believe it, there's no reason for us to be here. It's all futile. Church came about and the New Testament came about. All the Gospels and all the Epistles are written because Jesus rose from the dead. You guys, believe in the resurrection. Believe that Jesus is alive and then change your life in accordance. Because He's alive. We're going to talk about that next week. Mm -hmm.